Hello and welcome to Celtic World, YouTube channel connecting Celtic fans all over the world. And checks notes, probably the worst Celtic podcast out there. <laughs> so from wherever you happen to find yourself in this pale green dot, you're part of a Celtic world. And who else is part of it? Tonight we've got three very august contributors. Apparently our contributors are either roasters or virgins. So David, can you identify which one you are? I, 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 with four kids, I have to be a roaster. And I'm happily to be so. <laughs> and Paul? Well, I have no kids, so I could be either, but I've been called worse than both. So. <laughs> Yeah, to yeah. be fair, as I pointed out on our group chat, it was you four on Monday that call, got called roasters and virgins. I wasn't part of that, so I'll uh, I'll I'll wait till the feedback there's, comes there's, in after this show. Paul showing there's definitely an I in team. Yeah, yeah. As far as he's concerned. Well, as they say, me. Kaiser, as they say in all the best shows, nobody cares, mate. Nobody cares. <laughs> nobody cares. Any opinion people raise is an opinion whether drawing attention to the podcast. I did see the comedy piece. Comedy is subjective. I was not here. <laughs> I was in the chat. I was in the chat, and the, the first thing I said about it was, why did you make CCV look like Bobby Boucher's dad from The Waterboy? He's like, he comes in, he's like, we're going to the Super Bowl, Bobby. I was like, what's wrong with his eyes? Why is he not moving? This might not go down well, Gav. And then I seen this getting berated on social media, called Roasters and Virgins. I'm like, oh. I'm a, I'm a combination of both. I'm a roaster and a virgin. Or a virgin roaster, either one, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, not to worry. I mean, plenty of people seem to like it too, so mm -hmm. those that shout loudest are the ones that are heard. But anyway, as you say, nobody cares. Let's cares. get on with what we're talking about today. Have I created this thing? Yes, I have. It's a pretty simple show tonight. Transfer window, it's almost closed. And, well, we're going to pick apart the wreckage of this January transfer window. Which is going to be fun. Not too many laughs in that. And then second, we're going to preview the Aberdeen game. And then on the Celtic Social. So that's the plan for today. Uh, what happened there? Say hello to everyone who's in here in the chat. Yo. Morning troops. Alex, Frank, legend, Virgin welcome in. Paul. Paul. Here's a new term for you, Kaiser. You're a voster. Yeah, a voster, well said, Paddy Lavery. And my man in there as well, Plunge McNugget. Every time we plunge, plunge, plunge McNugget. Every time I see his name, it's all he does that song. Kaiser, there's no time for frivolity, okay? We're going to get hauled across he's the coast again. We we'll have to do nothing but whinge and whine for the whole hour. No, no, okay? no. Anything else is a breach of the unwritten rule. Conduct. All right. So transfer window chat. Where do we start with this? Let's start with strikers, shall we? Mm -hmm. uh, if you remember back to the start of the window, the conversation was all Miofsky, Sidney Van Hoydonk, or your man from Hearts, whose name escapes me. Big Larry. Big Larry Fivehead. Big shank one. That's the one. And we all said, oh, that's not the kind of, you know, real quality we're looking for from this window. We demand more than that. Jesus. Any one of those would have been absolutely fine if they came in today, wouldn't they? I, at least that's what I think. Anyway, Sidney Van Hoydong's not happening. Norwich have agreed to sign him on loan with a buy option. And instead, who? what's the name of this top striker recognised and feared throughout the world, David, that we're most probably signing? Adam Ida, is it? Mm. Unknown so, talent, tell us about Adam Ida. 22-year-old, um, he's a third choice, I think, for his current team. 2.2 million price tag. Um that's about all I can tell you about it because I don't think anybody else knows. Uh, oh, yeah. over a hundred, over over a hundred games, twenty caps for Ireland. Um, not a great goals. scoring record. Uh, look, I, whilst we're on him, give you my view. He's obviously not at the level where we're looking for. 
but I do feel a bit sorry for him. He's he's mm. he's feeling that he is individually gonna. If you've seen the photos of him arriving at the airport, he looks like he's been up for about four nights and no sleep. Mm. Um, so the first bit of that is probably excitement, and then the last bit is probably been reading Twitter for the last sort of twenty four hours. Um, it's not his fault. Like, like whatever we think about the recruitment, it's not his fault. Um, and there you go. It looks like he's been on a bender for two days straight. He's, like, he's got his head in the G spot of Glasgow, right in the G. Um, <laughs> big man's here for that. Well, I'm glad he dressed up for the occasion. <laughs> Maybe he was going straight straight to uh, to go out to the, the, the training ground. Uh, well, there was, there was you know, reports right from Celtic saying that he completed a medical in London and then flew into Glasgow later that night and there was pictures from Lennox Town of someone going through a medical at Lennox Town. So it begs the early, question. That was earlier in the day. That, so it begs the question, who was going through the medical earlier in the day at, Le- at Lennox Town? Well, Ida was doing his medical in London and getting a flight to Glasgow. And why did Celtic release pictures, a small video, of someone doing a medical at Lennox Town? I don't think they released it. I think somebody's hiding up a hill and taking a shot. Like, it's like, have seen the quality of the video? The yeah, it's um, class. Uh, it's, just, it's the usual deadline day super sleuth stuff with that. Who knows? You've got no idea. Um, somebody, It could be somebody, you know, just try to get a bit of fitness back. This is the, My thing about the, this guy is, I think we've all like written players off before they've kicked a ball. We've slagged players off, that, off on the basis of two or three matches that will never make it, and then they, they go into a great career. So uh, I'm, I think what you, well, it's comfortable to say that he's not at the level we thought, you know, his profile is not the level we'd be targeting. But mm-hmm. that doesn't mean, you know, as fans, we should get off his back. It's the board and the recruitment team that deserve the, the grief for this. Mm-hmm. And this kid, like anyone that pulls on the hoops, will get my back in until such points as either he's not putting effort in or you know proves himself to be you know hopeless. So he gets a crack, as far as I'm concerned. Some of the commentary, there's a lot of mixed commentary. You can kind of find this is the problem with social media and media in general. You can find an opinion that suits your agenda if you look hard enough. There's loads of people put together snippets of him. You know, oh, you know, Norwich fans saying we're delighted to be rid of him. But equally, there's a bunch of Norwich fans coming on saying the guy's decent. He's got pace. He's physical. He's six foot three. He's actually not a bad finisher. He's had shocking service. He hasn't had a lot of minutes. So, so, so there'll be two sides to this story. And and look, there's a chunk of our support that are desperate to you know to see um, anything fail almost at this point because it it sort of fits the agenda of, of, of the anti-board. Um, and yeah, I saw Sutton's comments. Um, he's probably a little bit closer, but he's also he's also looking for, you know, the clicks and all the other stuff as well. That's how he, he functions on controversy. It'd be, it'd be a lot, be a lot, you know, he wouldn't, if he sticks his head up and goes, oh, he might be okay. Like, what's that going to generate? Nothing. Um, mm-hmm. He's look. he's not what we want. He's, he's, is cl- the fact there's no loan, there's no option to buy, shows that it's scattergun and there's no forward thinking. Um, the Lagabielka thing is another shambles that shows that there's no long term strategy and it doesn't, you know, not, things aren't being targeted properly. Um, so there's two major things here. There's give the player a chance now if he's coming, but the bigger focus is we've got an absolute shambles on our hands in terms of how the board go about business and how the recruitment team is is searching for players. But yeah. Kaiser, go ahead. Well, I was going to say it's a loan with nothing else on it. There is no option to buy. Mm-hmm. Even. So, I don't see. I don't see for all right. For all, I look at this transfer, and I think okay, domestically, I thought before this window we are going to be strong enough to come through in the second half of the season and win the league. I think Brendan's done the business, and the squad's done the business in the first half of the season. We got to respect that. We got to respect the minutes that have been played and the work that's been put in. Okay, we had a more substantial lead, and we threw it away with a couple of poor performances against smaller teams. So we're looking to really rule that out. Bringing in Ida, for me, it, it just doesn't really make sense. That, as you said, there's no option to buy. Why are we going to, for all I hope the player comes and is successful, like Paul says, give the guy a chance, give him a fair crack of the whip. Even if he gets a fair crack of the whip, 
He looks physical. He looks like he's got pace, ability. Even Sutton saying he's a prospect. Okay, we're not looking. It's not the buzzword right now, prospect. It's not what we're looking for. But say he does come in and he is a revelation, we have no option to keep him. He, we're just enhancing another team's player. We're basically enhancing Norwich's bench while Sidney Van Hooydonk used our club as a stepping stone. He used the name of Celtic as a stepping stone to find himself a better transfer. Ended up at Norwich and we ended up with their third string striker. It just speaks volume in the business and the recruitment. I don't think we. Right I now. don't think we wanted Sydney Van Hooydonk. I think that was agent and paper talk. Given, given the and the, and the agent since said that I think that if, preferred destination. I think if I preferred destination, up, he'd be here. I think if I held up two pictures to you, Paul, and one was Ida and one was Sydney Van Hooydonk, and I asked you to choose who you wanted in the window, I'm pretty sure you would have pointed to Sydney. <laughs> I, I would have. I'd be like, give me Sydney Van Hooydonk. You know what I mean? I don't disagree, but like, <laughs> apparently he was he we were our his preferred destination. So I don't know. I just think I, I it, none of it makes sense. The only thing that I, I saw something somebody said somewhere that they basically said, and th this this the, the stretch in this is it sounds like we would be well organized, which we all know or not, is the only reason you would take a striker like that just to plug a gap without any option is if you're cast iron sure you've got your new striker lined up in the summer and that target is already in play and whether you you know there's a lot of chat about Chris, Chris Garden um butchered that probably but his fee's only gone up and we weren't that keen on paying it in the summer so mm -hmm. I can see why they don't like they're in a title race so I can see why they um they don't I want to release him just the same as we don't want to release Matt O'Reilly or any other player at this window I think also, I've got no confidence. I've got no confidence that we are we'll secure a deal for a first choice striker this far out. So it, it, a lot of it doesn't make sense. I think so also, Paul, that it could be forward planning, like you're alluding to there. Say we all go out right and start splashing the cash. Celtic go out and start splashing the cash right now. We bring these players in to ensure we clinch a domestic title that it looks like we already have enough quality for. We have a bit of support. Just bringing in this support striker. Uh, Definitely looks to me like you say maybe it's a bit of forward planning geared towards the summer and the building for next season Champions League. Perhaps the board's going to go all in and back Brendan, but history does not suggest that is what's going to happen. Sorry, I missed those comments there, Gav. I just want to give well actually let's give let's give David a chance to say something. He's tried to make his well, voice heard recently, but it, it, it's kind of really like what does all of this talk to? Does it actually talk to? The possibility that we're going to give someone a chance does it does it talk to the possibility that we've got a longer term plan does it talk to what we see from uh, the activity at, at celtic that it looks like it's under control and it's not last minute what does it all say it all says the board are not interested in in investing in this team they want to uh, plug gaps where they possibly can they want the opportunity to develop a player and possibly make some more money out of them. They've rejected loan deals because they weren't getting enough money. It looks like this, is this seriously? Uh, when Brendan has repeated and repeated and said quality, is this what he means by that? Because that makes me very concerned about Brendan's judgment. And are we genuinely saying that? Does he look like he's been under stress and he quipped about after the last game, the booze, and he said, oh, it's me, or it's a board, etc." Rattled again. None of this, none of this window has talked to uh, anything other than lack of investment from the board, no involvement from the manager, poor scouting and last minute deals in order, order to um, uh, uh, paper up cracks of our important players who are getting injured. I think it's a state. That's what I think this is. I think everything says that and nothing else. I think you need to wait until the close of business. You know what I mean, David? Today, 11.30 tonight, the close of business. Give them the chance to rectify the situation. And then as soon as that window... you could, Everyone always says the window slams shut. That window could creep shut at the rate your fingernails grow and Celtic would still struggle to get people in, especially on deadline day. But there is links. There's a, a, a name mentioned in chat there by Michael Ross. I'm sure you see there, Gav. 
which is uh, Urazawa, I believe is how you say his second name. Uh, left back from PSG, they spent 25 million on him. They are believed to be paying 95% of his wages and Celtic picking up 5%. But the validation of that, I don't know. But it's rumours that are going about this morning, along with rumours of Miofsky that have resurfaced being available with the sacking of Barry Robson. So there's a lot on the go today. There's a lot still happening, a lot of excitement. Nothing to be... There's been days of being downbeat, and I can understand the way it does look. Looks like business is back to usual for Celtic with the... The mediocre signings and the championship cast-offs. Let's hope it goes better today. You know what I mean, David? Let's Kaiser. hope we can push something through. Naturally, I'm Gav, you're muted. Let's have it, Shirawa. Um, <laughs> it's clinging on to hope that as the seconds, the seconds tick down on the window. It's like... Well, absolutely. I just wonder, I want to ask Geyser a question. Is yes. it not a bit early to be on the bucky? Like... <laughs> I get a positive spin. I'm I'm usually accused of being too positive. I've only finished bumbling, one bottle, the, bro. The board are bumbling around in the dark, like I don't think so, like Paul. A, like think, a Jakey, I think they I haven't think, got a clue. They I think honestly, right? Honestly, I think if you look at Celtic and you look at three separate entities of Celtic, right, which would be the managing team would be one, the recruitment team would be another, and the board would be another. The board are sitting in the office right now all patting each other in the bank. Like, we've got 70-odd million pounds in the bank. There's a big pat in the back for you. They're then looking at the recruitment team and going, oh, you're bringing in players for six million pounds and selling them for 25 million. And you just brought in, we've got Matt O'Reilly there, 1.5 million, and he's looking at going for 30 million plus. The recruitment team are all sitting patting each other on the back in a big circle, like they're doing a great job, not realising that with the few, with the weak, we are also getting the chaff. They are throwing chaff players at us. So I understand it, but from where it looks from those points of view, those those parts of the club are doing amazing business. The only person struggling is Brendan and the team. So when Brendan's coming out and saying the fans are booing at the board one week, they're booing at the recruitment team the next week, they're booing at the team the next week. Well, if Celtic fans were a bit more focused and uh, stopped being so flip-floppy in our opinions we could focus on the board and start actually making a movement to make movement now a reform of the board i don't think we're ever going to manage to oust any of the families in charge at celtic well, well we are okay. that's the problem that's the problem you're not but there's absolutely no strategy there's zero strategy in terms there, there's a broad strategy to buy players cheap and sell them at profit but there's no strategy in terms of actually dealing with the problems in the in in the playing stuff, it's po- like you, otherwise, why would you be bringing in the third choice striker from Norwich with no option on the second last day of the window? It's just bumbling from one thing to the next. It's a shambles, and the only reason it wasn't a shambles for the last two years is because we dropped on an a genuinely elite level manager who was willing and who was willing to stand up to the board, and came from a market which was undervalued, and he had. It, inside knowledge on it it was this guy through 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 sheer force of character managed to get all of that done and put a great side look on, on the park but look how quickly it unraveled as soon as he walked out the door it papered over the cracks that's now abundantly clear we're we're, we're as we're as bad now at recruitment as we were it, when we lost the 10 and there's been well, no forward planning in any of that time there's no proper director of football we've got the chairman's son as a de facto all it's right. nonsense. Well, Kai- nonsense. Kaiser mentioned just, family, and I'm going to jump in there and stop you. Just because... one second, Gav. Gav, sorry. Oh, just one second. Just yeah. to add, just slightly rebuff you know that. You know what I'm right? trying to make happen here, Dave? You know what I mean? Right, go around. You make it happen. He's got to play some music here, guys. It's not <laughs> music. It's, it's this.
There you go. Like and subscribe. What do you make of that, Kaiser, the family? Precisely the problem that's going on. It just outlines it precise from golf shop manager to head of UK and European recruitment. What what a meteoric rise <laughs> of this business. He must have solved a Rubik's Cube in the back of a taxi cab on the way to Celtic Stadium. I don't think so. You know what I mean? Uh, it is 100%. As Paul said, right, as Paul brushed right over every category of it and nailed it on the head every step of the way, it is indicative of what Celtic do. And I was going to say, right, Paul, when Ange came in and the players that Ange brought in, you could very much say those, player, those players are individually specialised to Ange's style of play, and therefore they are struggling in Brendan's style of play. They've not got the diverse nature. They need to develop more. So there is, there is things to say that Ange wasn't perfect. I don't think every single signing made came through Ange, but I don't think scouting is something that we have nowadays. I think people who are paid to be scouts for Celtic watch a YouTube video and Celtic contact a network of agents, and that's how they're bringing in these players. I mean, Lagerbelka, Starfelt's agent, so many of the players just come through the same agents over and over again. But if, if we reflect at all on that, and we think of any period where there was something of excitement and belief from the Celtic fans that things were working in the recruitment uh, space was when Ange was with Dominic Mackay and Peter Law was not around. And so things seemed to happen, and we had a sense of that. We didn't know behind the scenes what was going on, whether or not that was just timing of things, events that took place. But there was something of an outsider of Ange, and he wasn't part of the family. Dominic Mackay obviously wasn't because they got rid of him quick enough. We still don't know the reasons for that because he seemed eminently qualified from a Scottish sporting point of view and, and forward-looking. Something changed there, didn't it? And we don't know the reasons for it. So whenever you're on the outside of that family group, that's it, it would seem. You're not coming in. Well, and, and, go ahead. Sorry, David. They, they used Ange as a smother to appoint Mark Lawwell. Apparently, him and Ange were best mates. Went for milkshakes and whatnot together. They had all sorts of business dealings through the Manchester City group. When was the last time you seen a player come into Celtic from the Manchester City group? That is a pipeline that's thoroughly dried up, and I believe it was dried up before we should have had any affiliation with them. We should be putting backing into our own scouting and going out and doing the job ourselves and developing our own youth at our own youth academy and exploiting our own pathways into professional football. But we're not. We're seeking it for other clubs. Right now, after the Man City, we've started pilferaging Benfica's academy. Well, we've got our own academy laying to waste and other people pilferaging that cupboard. It's it's the epitome of poor business. You know what I mean? It's it's just indicative throughout the club. But as, as it says, right, as we all started, don't you want to be too negative don't want to be too down on everything. We are still top of the league. We are still in contention. I do still think we have enough quality overall to win out in the league. Bringing in some more, a left back. Now we've got a backup striker. It's going to be hard to bring someone in in January. I understand that as well. To play second string to Kyogo. Someone's not coming in here to oust Kyogo. So I believe Celtic have went and looked for someone to come in and compete with O rather than compete with Kyogo which, I don't know, guy seems big and physical. He might improve all as well. Hail, hail from Ballymena, boys. Our board hail, and recruitment team are an absolute hail, embarrassment hail. to our great club. You know Ballymena well? Uh, yeah. All right, well, let's talk about some other players, names that have been thrown around. Did you enjoy the momentary meltdown and arguments over Danny Ings? I certainly enjoyed uh, Twitter. The entire the, the entire last week of Twitter has been like it. People try and throw out the most, as you see for the background, people throw out sharks. They throw sharks on Twitter nowadays. It's the most outrageous opinion and the largest opinion swings you can hear for people. Uh, but you don't really hear them. You read them, but it's non-stop. 
to go through people. Sometimes I go on posts and just go through the comments. But yeah, watching people melting down over the links to Danny Ings and them not being good enough and too old and yeah. Well, yeah, there's no such been... thing as reason debate anymore. It's either he's a proven goal scorer at the highest level and be amazing for us, or if yeah, I man. had to watch Danny Ings in a Celtic shirt for six months, I'll pretty much shoot myself. Your move, Celtic. <laughs> and people say, look, he'd be really a short-term loan not... signing. And uh, I won't read them all out, but the one at the bottom there from Reese. If we actually sign Danny Ings, I will sell my season ticket. Starting prices will be 1p. Oh, I've got some dog action here going on. Who wants to pick it up from there and mention another name? I'll just touch on Danny Ings. I like, I, on the basis we've signed the third choice, or looking like we've signed the third choice player from Norwich, I'd have taken Ings all day long. He's got a pedigree. He's 31, yeah, he played a lot, but he's he's the type of player we should be targeting in this window at this late in the day. A guy like Moy, who you know did a brilliant job for us, and if he hadn't chose to retire, I think we'd still be doing a brilliant job for us. Yes, he wouldn't be playing every week. He wouldn't be playing 90 minutes all the time. But our second half of last season, when he sort of got his run in the team, he was brilliant. Could take a penalty as well. Um, a, a player <laughs> or two like that, like an older head who's is coming towards the end of the career, but still got a bit of life in them yet. Danny Ings could easily have been that. And, and there'll be loads of others around there. You're not. This is my problem with all of this. You're, t you're not telling me in the whole globe there aren't a few 31, 32-year-olds that were being brilliant players in the past and, and found themselves at a club where they're not getting the game time they wanted and would surely jump at the chance to add a title and possibly a cup to their resume for three or four months' work at 30, 40 an hour every week. Mm. I just don't believe it's the case. All over, like, you know, where was Moy when we picked him up? nowhere he'd been playing in china he'd been doing nothing he'd been kicking his wheels he, he, kicking his heels he took a while to get up to speed when we wow. signed him but once he did what a player this is the this is why i'm saying the recruitment's an absolute shocker it's not just the the superstar the superstar players that were you know and long-term planning that's the problem it's stuff like this there's a place for a short-term loan with no option to buy like a craig bellamy like a robbie Keane. it isn't the third choice striker from norwich I, I just don't understand what we're doing. It's an absolute shambles. And look, the, there's some good people on Twitter, like you and I, or better than you and I, that spend time on this shit, and they could pull up a better list than than our, our guys who are paid a handsome salary, presumably. I don't know what they're doing. I really don't know what they're doing. It's a shambles. Mm -hmm. And as, if, if you haven't already get my theme, I'm completely over this window. I saw Forrest finishing, comparing it to a night at the dancing, you know, everybody's shuffling around and it's nearly finished. And I basically said, turn the lights on so we can off and go home because I'm sick of it. <laughs> the sooner this window's over, whatever comes in, at least we can then concentrate on the football again because it's an absolute shambles. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm done for a bit. I think it's a useful marker, though. I think it's what it's been, because there was a lot of flip-flop coming up. Are we going to be okay? Are we going to be back in? But... I think is a useful marker because it was said at the AGM we were going to spend some money. Brendan would have that money and it's not appeared. And as you say, Paul, you've summed it up. So let's have well, this. It's not, even just, it's not even just the main money's appeared. If we only sign Coombe, we've covered that. If we get the two million for Turnbull, which by the way, there's a great bit of business if we get two million quid for him. We've got about a million for Idiguchi by all accounts. So there's three. That's what we paid for Coombe. We've actually we will have spent nothing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's 70, 80 million sitting in the bank account. It's just mm -hmm. ridiculous. It's a confusion. It's a confusing signals in it. It's Brendan coming on and giving comments, talking about quality in four additions, and then there's no additions and you're in the last day of the window. It's also those mixed messages for the manager as well. Got to wonder, where is he getting his information from? And if his, and if his information isn't correct, or the prime information, then well, he's just the same as us then, isn't he? He's shooting in the dark and guessing. Just so so disjointed. What about Tilio's going out back on loan back to Melbourne? And re return of the mark. After Melbourne City, straight back to Melbourne City. I don't think he got enough of a chance, but he did come in of injured. But still, once again, looking over these clips, going back and having time to rebuild at 
Melbourne, maybe give him a chance to come back and give it another go. Need to wait, wait and see how that one goes. You know what I mean? He he like he's he has got he's a talented player. He is a talented player. He came injured, which didn't help him. Set him back, back miles. We signed a ton of other wingers. Um, it was it was never really he was never really going to get a run up a, a run at it this year. There's two ways to look at this. Melbourne City are absolutely delighted, and their fan base is still absolutely delighted to, to get him back. Um, you know, he's got to, he's got an option. He basically he's got a decision to make. Does he want to be, make it as a serious player in Europe? If he does, he comes back, he knuckles down for three or four months, finishes the season in Australia, and goes back fresh, fit, and has a crack at it, like like Tom Rogic did when he came back to Melbourne Victory. And and you could have been, at that point, you could have said, well, we'll never see him again. But Rogic, you know, knuckled down, came back, and over a period, eventually got himself up to a standard. And and we all, you know, the rest is history. Tilio, I'm not putting him in this. I'm not going to say he's a second Rogic, but he's absolutely got talent. For me, it comes down to attitude and application. Um, and if he can get himself fitting on a run of form and is willing to come back and fight for a place, who knows? There is definitely talent there. But okay. he could just as easily come down here, decide he's happier in the sunshine and never really make it at a higher level. Top well, down. from one Aussie to another. Hey, mate, you are watching the least boring Celtic YouTube chat show in the world. And it is totally free. Jeez, that's got to be worth a subscribe, eh? Got to be worth a subscribe, eh? What do you reckon? You flaming galah. Yeah, we did the same with Tom Rogic, and that worked out. Look how that worked mm. out. I think, that's the, but, I think that's the thoughts behind it. There's a big debate going on in the ch in the chat there about you know what are, what's the next step for Celtic fans if we had enough direct action. You know we can't sack the board. We can hit them where it hurts. Let's get organised. I think the only I mean, way the only way for us as fans to do anything about the board is. To help the club, it's to help the club we love. It's to stop attending games, stop buying merchandise, don't renew your season book. The only thing we can do is to is to start help them where where it hurts and the pound strings, but very much they're equipped with enough money in the bank to see a fan protest off for about five years. So be prepared <laughs> if we're going to go down that road. Be prepared to go the full road. The, the problem with that is you never we, like there's, a, there's a, obviously a big pride in we're a broad church etc cetera, etc cetera, and, and that's great but on things like this you give up your season book somebody else will take it like the, you know, certainly so to me you've got to find a balance between you want to still attend games you want to still support the team but beyond your season ticket you pull the the, the only way I can see is you pull the pin on everything else merch food inside the stadium, drinks inside the stadium, any additional spend through the club other than your ticket. But I'd be very surprised. There's, there's just a general level of kind of borderline apathy. And look, I think the one thing to say is, you know, a few people have mentioned it and touched on it. Even if we had nobody, I still expect us to win the league. It's going to be tight, a lot tighter than it should yeah. have been. It's an absolute nonsense. I do. Yeah, we've got a better manager and a better squad. So all things being equal, we should win the league. So I'm not sitting here entitled like, we'll, we'll, you know, it's definitely we'll win the league. That's where we should be. We should have been out of sight already. Mm -hmm. And we should be adding it from a position of strength. Like if we hadn't had that poxy period, we'd be still eight or 10 points clear. Then we should be adding two or three proper quality players and their fixtures start to pile up and we, we disappear into the sunset and it's happy days, it's on cruise control. We strengthen again and off we go. But mm -hmm. because of bad mismanagement from recruitment at the board, we're in a, we're in a, we're going to be in a bit of a dogfight. But I still think we've got enough quality to to win the title as is. But we shouldn't be in this position. We should be mm -hmm. adding. We should have comfortably added to the squad, and we should be pulling away from them. But as it stands, we're we've shot ourselves in the foot again. So I think as a fan, you I think as a fan, even if you're at the top of the league, right. Uh, and that's fine, that's good, there's been some good work, but so it should be, given um, what, what has been spent, the players that we do have, etc., and the investment from fans as a club over many, uh, uh, over a longer period, and accepting managers who left 
uh, as high and dry and came back and, and getting over it and focused again. But what Celtic fans want is to de-risk this situation because there has been managed decline of performance and positions in the league by this board before they've mm -hmm. got they've got previous and certainly the 10 in a row was the best and most recent uh, um, example of that and reactionary appointments are not the best when we have Lenin hired in a shower we know what can go on and what Celtic fans are insisting upon is for a club of this level for the Premier mm -hmm club is to always behave as the premier club and not bargain basement hunters so that we may or may not win the league. And the league is is something that we don't take for granted that we want and we want strong competition as well. But given where everybody else is, that's not good enough for where our position of advantage. And what we're certainly not doing is building and developing a team that can actually genuinely compete in Europe. Those are the things that Celtic fans are concerned about. And it is no way being ungrateful for any success that we have because we deserve it as fans as much as the players and the rest of Celtic. Yeah, yeah. It's also it's it's also the actual strategic planning, right? There, there isn't doesn't seem a whole lot of planning. The broad strategy of the club to buy cheap and sell for a profit, absolutely on board with that. But it's identifying it's identifying replacements and having them in the door early enough that's my issue. Matt O'Reilly will be gone in the summer. I don't think any of us are in any doubt that that's the case. He'll be gone. And it should be for a fat fee. We probably won't get the fee we, we, we need because the board are cheap on that as well. But we want to get, we want, we want to have his replacement in the door before he goes. Now, I think we probably have in Paolo Bernardo, and we've got him secured at six or seven. So we sell at 25, 30. We get him in at six or seven. The model works perfectly. The problem is we also need Bernardo's replacement because he's a first pick at the minute. Now, we probably I don't think we've got that. So I just don't think we've got the flow in, and certainly not in across the, but there's one, there's one part of the team. Left-back's been a problem for about five years. Goalkeeper has been an ongoing problem. Like, yeah, Hart's done a good job, but... Bain, Zegris, none of them have been at the right quality. And that's that's the backup for however many years. There was that season where three goalies played, you know, almost on a rotating weekly basis. Mm -hmm. That was, you know, they, that was the cross into the 10 row season, I think. So it just seems haphazard. And we've had time to put these changes in place and we still haven't done it. And whatever we laugh at the other lot across the way, now that they've got a kind of Dutch director of football, they've had that model well in play in that country for years and it might take them a year or two to get that actually working but at least they've identified that it's a problem we seem quite happy to with the old keep it in the family nonsense okay well look let's move on to as you say you're talking about rangers talking about the league well let's get back to business then we all know this has been a disastrous window to date it's very unlikely anything's going to happen at the 11th hour to change that and um guys that doesn't think so two or three coming in yeah uh, but yes well three kaiser's optimism wait and see <laughs> i hope you're so, right so we're just gonna have to see how we get on the second half of the season and whether rogers can you know prove that he's an elite level manager and get a tune out of these guys and get some consistency going and we'll have to see what rangers additions look like mm -hmm. hopefully they're not too effective but yes. we need to move on to the preview of the game. So let's do that. So this is the fixture list. Now that we're in a <laughs> now that we're in a title fight, we have to look at the fixture list. Previously it was just who we're playing next. But now it's like who are we playing and who are they playing? Well the bad news is they're playing Livingston at home. So if ever there yeah. was a shoe in for three points, that's it. Mm -hmm. And they'll be closing the goal difference down, I would imagine. Yeah. And we're away to Aberdeen. Davey Martindale's already speaking about being a championship club next season. Yeah. He's pretty much turfed the towel in. Nice. Let's get a white flag up. The little baggies so on we're playing, we're playing Aberdeen, obviously. Who knows where Aberdeen are on the table? Eighth. Eighth. Is the right answer. Look, see, well, there we are, it. sitting pretty at the top. That's nothing to worry about, guys. Take it easy. It's all good. <laughs> 
top of the league, and we're playing eighth. That's Aberdeen. You see, is this the? Uh, oh, I better stop that. The form guide is what I want. Look at the form guide for the last four games. Surprisingly, we're also up there. Uh-huh. Um, and Aberdeen are fifth. But- now, what's the big news out of Aberdeen? Barry Robson's been given his jotters. Yep. Barry Robson's been left frustrated, it's fair to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, frustrating, all. Um, frustrating for us. And I think maybe we all got a bit frustrated. And yeah, frustrating. Um, real fr- frustration from us. I think the, fr- the frustrating part, um, frustrated. Your eyes? Frustrating, I think. Frustration, I think. Yeah, it was a frustrating night, I think. Um, and that goal is dropped. Probably frustrating. <laughs> there you go. That was a little touch of the, uh, what's his name? Angus Gunn? Brian. No. Brian's Gunn. Brian's Gunn. Yeah. <laughs> Although I don't think anyone can hear that. I don't know what's going on when I play these little clips and the volume. I always try and make them as loud as possible, but then when I listen back to them, they're quiet as a mouse. Mm-hmm. So, Aberdeen, Kaiser, talk us through this game. What are you expecting? Expecting, like, a hard-fought game uh, on our current form. It's going to be a, a war of attrition. Uh, Aberdeen sacking Barry Robson, maybe looking for that new manager bounce. You know, players improve, play better. With the thought of a new manager coming in, they look to impress, earn a chance. Players suddenly come out of the shadows and step up and... Well, the, the Aberdeen, for all they're quite low in the league, uh, got some dangerous players in the ability to hurt Celtic, especially on the break. So with the injuries we're facing and the uncertainties about the squad right now, yeah, I'm very worried about the next game. It's one game at a time, I believe, for us, as it goes. Uh, I know it seems the other side of the city out here, where I am, they'll have an easy day, turn up and uh, take points off Hans Buller which is disappointing because you'd like to see it more competitive. I do believe they have not not approached Hearts uh, by Shankland deliberately because I think if they remove Shankland from Hearts, it weakens Hearts and Hearts are a team that look likely to cause an upset when they play us. They certainly have in the past. So I think there's, there's method to their madness so we, we should be careful. You don't just think it's the coffers are empty? I thought the coffers were empty before they started making £4 million signings and we were taking on loan players while our coffers are full. So now the... Well, if you mean uh, if you mean the, the most recent good, that Diamande dude, then that's a that's an option to buy that's kicked into next year. So that's... A, that's if they haven't got any money, that's exactly why they've done that deal. So it falls into next year's pot. So I think, yeah, they'd love to have him, but predominantly I think if they don't get him, it's because they ain't got any cash. And David, up front. David, tell us about your lineup choices. Who are you looking forward to seeing? Would you start anyone uh, unusual? And do you think it's going to be easier for Celtic away from home in the current so, because of the current atmosphere? Yeah, so I think, I, yeah, I was going to say, and, and we have actually played uh, arguably better away from home um, in our previous matches. I think away from a kind of hostile environment as well, because you know that there'll, there'll be a lot of time. If we were going to play at home based on uh, the last match, then yeah, maybe they, they would have a lot more uh, concern coming on. In terms of the lineup, I, well, not Burnaby, please. Um, I think we've, we've kind of uh, tried that and that didn't work. Please, some stability. I mean, Kung didn't, for me, look to add anything particularly great when he came on the other end. No better than what we already have. I'd be, I'd be kind of um, wanting, I think, to bring um, probably uh, Rorowski, obviously, if he, he, he he's available to play. I thought he did. He was one of the guys come on, actually equipped himself well. Um, I don't know what our injuries are right now. Um, you'll probably have CCV out not playing um so i would rather what we did was because i agree with uh, with kaiser this is not something that we can take for granted even if you know we get away from home from a bit of a toxic environment 
um, new new manager uh, bounce or got rid of last manager. That certainly always seems to happen as well. But I think teams. I'm, 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 I remember Ian has said this. Teams know how we play and will have worked out that we don't change our whatever system it is that we seem to be playing. So actually, what I would like to do is see the manager. If anything, I would like the core players that we know can deliver in the team. But I would also like the manager to change tactics because it's so obvious what we're doing and we are so exposed that that's the biggest risk. I think the manager is probably the biggest issue that we're going to face in this this match. And he needs to show and prove his elite, elite levelness as we hear. Yep. Response. I think it's undoubted the away farm's better. I don't think it's arguable. I think it's undoubted. Oh. It's clearly better. Uh, I've, I'm not too concerned about this fixture. Aberdeen are hopeless. Their home form is terrible. Uh, there is the always the fear that there's a little reaction to a manager losing his job. But by unless they've got somebody in by tomorrow, which I don't think they will, there'll be no new manager to give a new manager bounce. It'll be whoever's kicking around. And inevitably, quite often, that doesn't really nothing really happens with that. It, the new manager bounce comes in when there's actually a new manager to impress. Um, I'm not being overly flippant on it. It'll you know be a toughish toughish game, but I expect a reaction. Um, Pardon me. Uh, the obviously the, the game was poor the other day, uh, but we created enough chances to win it comfortably. The form prior to the break was great. Uh, Hopefully we get a return to form. One of our biggest issues is moving the ball more quickly. When we've won games well and comfortably, we've moved the ball quickly. The game against the Mirren is a perfect example. We shifted the ball really quickly. We played at a tempo that they couldn't live with, and we blew them away. Why, why is that to hard to do all the time? That should be easy enough to do. When you I get on the know. pitch you, and the ball comes question. to you, you move it quickly. Shift you know, it quickly. Always have an out. Always know where the other players are. Don't dilly-dally. Don't know. Difficult how, how come to say, that but doesn't like, happen all the time? Well, that's that's that's. I mean, look, my issue, my concern is some some of the mentality stuff. So, obviously, I wasn't on Monday's show, and I don't want to dwell on it. But the mentality of the whole team fell apart when those two penalties got missed. They 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 dropped off completely until that point. Score one, score one of the penalties. We we should have been up three 0 Bernardo's got a simple chance. He should have scored. You, three 0 the game's done. We probably win four, five, six 0 Comfortable. Completely different week from there. Um, but we missed two penalties, and and the the tension ramped up, and the team the, the team didn't seem to be able to handle it. So men, mentally, we need to be better, and that's a big thing on penalty misses. You, you know, 90 percent of a penalty is in the head. You know, I can take a penalty, but I don't think I'd be able to do it in a big match at pocket. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it comes down to strength of character. It's not, you know, they're all capable of hitting a penalty in a corner. Mm -hmm. Um, so there's an issue there. And and I agree with David. Tactically, we're you know, we're we're too one-dimensional. Um, Does that come down to us all expecting more from this manager? I mean, well, yeah, we, I think we've so. already discussed recruitment, we've already discussed the board. Has Rogers himself just not covered himself in glory at all yet. I mean, what what has he done, really, that we can praise him for that much? Well, he's taking Matt O'Reilly to another level. <laughs> Under him, Matt O'Reilly has gone to another level, whether it's yeah. Rogers or well, O'Reilly himself. Well, yeah. Or uh, the guy in India. You can't, well, yeah, but you, you, can't, you can't point the finger at Rogers for the negative stuff and not give him some credit for the positive at the same time it's a bit churlish otherwise so but he's ultimately the buck with the, with the squad we've got and the players that are available and we've talked at length about what we should have available obviously the box stops with him he's the one mm. that trains them all week he's the one that sets up the tactics and he's the one that motivates them to put them out of the pitch and and, and go from there um yeah I, i'd like to i'd like to see bernabe nowhere near the squad never mind the team um like I said, I I play Ralston at left back over over anyone else. Mitchell Frame not even in the squad last week, so who knows if he's even available. So I, that's what I would do. Um, midfield sort of picks itself. You probably go with the front, the same front three. Got to get service to Kyogo. We've we've mm -hmm. got to get a bad in the down the channels and pulling the ball into 
when we did that, I know it's only Bucky, but Abara held his width, created gaps in the channels, and he played the ball in, and Kyogo had chances. Against Ross County, he cut in constantly, closed up the space, and didn't get the ball in the channels. The one time he did get in the channels, Kyogo was closed out at an air post, and then there was one in the second half where he pulled it back, may or may not have been out, and there was a dubious handball given against Kyogo as he collected it around the penalty spot. If we get down the wings and get the ball back, there's nobody better than Kyogo. We just need to play to his strengths and service him. Do you like this little play on words here? That's been, that's, that's been all over the place. Uh, well, has yeah, it? That's been all over the place. Well, I'm crediting Amir Khan with, uh, with inventing it. Well, I'd, I'd be surprised if it, he was uh, he was the original creator. Anyway, Kaiser, we wouldn't be gurning if they'd got the manager that we both wanted in, hey? Can you imagine where it would be under oh. Knutson? It's easy to say. I can imagine. We would it is, that's why I said it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, the reality of that situation, how that might have actually went, that's two different things. And that's a manager that's never managed outside of Norway, as I was constantly reminded. But... Uh, I think we could have done a lot worse. Still waiting to see. I have, I believe we have seen right in the, the derby matches that Brendan has the ability, the, the tactical nuances to get the wins. But uh, it's just something from an elite level manager that I expected to see a little bit more. You know what I mean? A little bit more subtlety. I expected him to be looking at the pitch and if I'm your average chunky punter from Ibrox going to watch the game, and I can see that Kyogo's lacking service. Palma is not driving down the line. He only ever goes inside. He never takes a man on and crosses the ball. Seen that, it was evident, as Paul says, when Abada came back and just hit the byline and squared the ball. Kyogo looked like, oh, Kyogo's back. He's still he's getting service again. You know what I mean? He was like a starving man. He just got a ham sandwich. Mm -hmm. But straight away again, Abada's attitude leaves a lot to the imagination as well. No interaction with fans whatsoever. He walks off the park. Not every single fan waved a Palestinian flag. Not every single fan in that stadium uh, believed everything that the Green Brigade or supported the Palestinian people. Not all fans are like that. Some fans support, some, some fans don't. I think Abada viewing the support and that wide scope and just refusing to interact with the crowd and that it shows the kind of pressure that he's under outside of celtic as well he's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't he's he's better off just keeping his head down and getting on with his game like yeah. he's going through a fair bit so. and he doesn't want to get himself dragged into that stuff so mm -hmm. i've got no, i've got no issue with with that stuff he's just coming back from injury obviously if he plays yeah. if he gets back to the level of performance he, he can do He's a massive asset, um, mm -hmm. and that's what we should be hoping for, and that's what he should be aiming for. Well, guys, this is happening, and Stephen and I are going to be doing the watch along for this game because it's an early kickoff, so it's like Stephen's only chance, really, to to like yeah, it until the clocks change or whatever. Brilliant. So, hopefully, this is the start of better things to come. If you're in search of company. During the game, you know where to find us. You should have put, put Mike's comment up instead of abandoning him. I think he says, I look and sound like a junkie. He'd know exactly what that was like because I've met his mum while she was sucking my bang up. Oh, job, Mike. <laughs> hope, I, hope I made a loud noise just in time there. <laughs> just in time. Anyway, well, take that's what she was doing. There's no point entertaining that kind of stuff. All right. He was talking about Paul. I'm not letting people talk about Paul like that. Yeah. He's already been caught off. I've never met a junkie that sounds like on. Paul, to be honest. <laughs> that. That, that is poor. That's poor. Suggestion. I like the way Paul there was a major poor. junkie. There was maybe a, there was a major junkie problem in my hometown once upon a time. So made the low, made the made the daily record. There you go. Scooping the daily record in the nineties about not my right. hometown. But aye. everyone's so, hometown in the nineties was like that, wasn't it, Paul? I'm from small town, I'm from, small I'm from town Scotland. <laughs> small town Scotland. I'm not sure it was a news flash, but here, ho. News flash. This is your choice from social media, Paul. Celts are here. It is uh, obviously 
Kaiser has taken the inspiration with his uh, with his backdrop. But yeah, uh, we've talked about in this show. I know Ian's a big fan of the old uh, I am AI in terms of the, all this nonsense we create in pictures and stuff. This popped up in my feed the kind of day or so ago, and I thought it was pretty funny. It's uh, obviously AI created. Um, it was the caption I enjoyed though. It's like we've not gone away, <laughs> and uh, and then yeah, this, we haven't gone away, you know. Um, and yeah, the inflatable sharks are out. So yeah, I think all Celtic fans uh, get the joke. Um, the old sharks are coming back out. Um, yeah, Sorry, I've just clicked on to David's. Yeah, Tam, Tam Selleck always has a funny... Peter Lowell has a 50p turnstile had toilets in his house. <laughs> Which I think is true. See, I wrote underneath it, it's one pound if it's a number two. And I've chosen Fitzy here, so instead of buying Sydney Van Hoydonk, we're going to loan the guy he's being brought in to replace at Norwich. You've seen this video probably (laughs) loads of times, have you? Yeah. It's pretty good. All righty then, that does it for Celtic Socials. We're actually just coming up to the hour, so we're a little uh, little bit quicker than normal. See what's going on in the comments. Is Michael Ross from your hometown? I don't know. I don't know. But um but yeah, no doubt that there's still a there's still a drug problem across uh, rural and small town Scotland. And next door to who's the snitch? I think he's answered his own question there. I have them next door with four devil dogs. Nightmare. (laughs) But we No more. For more, what on this same subject? I certainly have an issue with that stuff. And 267 demented parents, their demented schoolboy politics. We've, oh, then I thought this was about the drug problem in Scotland. Raven are very silly flags that will only drive a bad out of Celtic Park, is Frank's point. Well, people's own choice to express their beliefs, that's up to them. You know what I mean? I'm just saying. Shouldn't they paint the full support? But Paul, I think, also hit a nail on the head and he says he's just looking to get his head down and get on with it, isn't he? So hopefully he does that's all. That's all any of us can do when faced with adversity. Isn't that right, guys? I think we've all learnt a very important lesson here today. Just get your head down and get on with it. So on that note, yeah. thank you very much, gentlemen. Kaiser, Paul. Yo, hail, David. legends. Yo, hail. Chat, thank you for being here. So we'll see you for the watch along for the Aberdeen game. Look forward yeah. to that. But the Virgin Rosters. <laughs>